Now, if you like funky flavors, mm. I have a big, delicious beer. Oh, nice. What are you? An idiot sandwich. It smells like you're cooking it right here in the house. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? I had to figure out what the difference is between a zucchini and a cucumber. Didn't know they were different things. Welcome to the Food Court of Nerds. This is the only podcast that you don't have to pay $500,000 just to get into. Uh, I'm Wes Custavedra Greg. I'm joined by Kevin, and this week, our special guest, Drew. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hey, what's up, boys? Good to see you. We're going to switch things up a little bit this time. First of all, I have to ask Kevin, the Impossible Burger, you tried it since we last recorded, and what was your verdict? I did try it. Uh, there's a couple of places that sell it around here. Uh, and the first time I tried it, uh, I, it tasted like a burger. It really did. The only thing that threw me was the texture. It wasn't quite as thick. Now, uh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I bit through it a lot easier. Now, part of me was like, is it because the patty was, uh, just thinner? And so I had it again at a different establishment and this time it was a thicker, a bit thicker patty, and I had a hard time telling the difference between that and meat. It was kind of amazing. When you take a bite of it and it starts bleeding a little bit, you're like, "Wait, this is plants? What the <laughs> frick? It doesn't make any sense." Yeah, the and uh, it made me at least feel like I was hurting plants. Ah. Uh, so there was that little satisfaction of of the blood of the life being yeah. given up. You can't have a burger without at least some level of suffering involved in the process. Yeah, it's usually on my end, but you know. Drew, you haven't, uh, have you ever had an impossible burger? You know, not yet, but it is on my to-do list now with like my healthier lifestyle. It's one of those things that like, I'm trying to lean into it a little bit more, but like things that are burgers, but not burgers are kind of tough for Mm -hmm. me because burgers are my favorite, you know? So it's one of those, I'm still trying to get over pizza. That's not really pizza, but. Uh, yeah. Thankfully the mitten has really good, uh, like, gluten-free and healthy option pizzas that are just a godsend when you're trying to get a little bit healthier, too. Oh, yeah. Listen, full blessings to, like, the West Michigan food scene for stepping it up when it comes to healthy alternatives to my favorite foods. Speaking of things that are healthy alternatives, we're going to get into the beer of the week. And as is tradition, I'm going to open it here. Oh, Yeah. Kevin, what is it that we are drinking today? We are drinking Mother of Dragons, uh, the Game of Thrones Royal Reserve Collection uh, from Umagang. Umagang? Umagang? The the brewery uh, out of uh, upstate New York. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is my first beer by them. And uh, you took a big whiff. I'm taking a big whiff. I'm definitely smelling... Yeah, I'm definitely smelling the... Um, <clears throat> the uh, slight bitter of the cherry just off the top. Uh, and first sip, you definitely taste uh, the bear, the, the, the kind of berryness in it. The, the cherry is kind of prominent right there. And you got a sour kind of aftertaste that follows it. That's the black cherry is what it is. Do you sure it's not the blood of your enemies? I feel like that's the blood of your enemies that's in there. Drew, you were not able to find this, but what are you drinking in its stead? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm still in West Michigan, unlike you lucky dogs, and, you know, no one wants to sell me booze before noon. So uh, I actually had in my fridge a Great Lakes Brewing Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. I've always got to enjoy a good porter. It's a good Sunday beer. And anything remembering the the greatest Gordon Lightfoot song of all time, which I think is based Mm -hmm. on a historical event, you know, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
The sinking of the Edmund Fitz. Yeah, right. I was, I was just thinking like, it's the only Gordon Lightfoot song. <laughs> I mean, you're not totally wrong. Nothing wrong with this, guys. I mean, Great Lakes, you know, again, Cleveland area, so I'm just glad it doesn't taste like dog crap, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I mean, a fairly good porter. Nothing overly special about it. Not something I'm going to probably run out and buy again, but you know what? It's a porter. It's exactly what it says it is on the label, and I am mad at it. Got a picture of a boat. You know, so, yeah, boats. <laughs> Can't be mad at that. It was also the yeah. only thing available at one of the two liquor stores that's open before noon on a Sunday. Get your act together, West Michigan. My God. <laughs> I, I still remember when uh, Hudsonville became a not dry city. And the first thing that happened was a buddy of mine opened a brewery. And it's still there, and it's still one of the best little lesser-known lesser craft breweries in West Michigan. But still, I remember that, like, the day that it no longer was a dry city, he applied for his permit, and he got it within, like, a couple of months. Well, that's, it's like, just, now with the, the marijuana boom, you know? Everyone's applying to open a dispensary. It's going to be a church speaking, dispensary brewery. That's going to be West Michigan now. <laughs> that's right. And speaking of marijuana... Uh, we are going to get into the newsy section of the Food Court of Nerds. Uh, and one of the biggest breweries in West Michigan, uh, Founders Brewing Co., with the advent of medical marijuana and legalized weed, uh, they're going to try something a little bit different. Now, weed and beer, I mean, they go together, especially when you're partying. But do they go, go together? Founders is going to try it, and they are a number. Uh, they are one of a large number of brewers all over the country that are going to try to mix beer and weed. I've known a couple of home brewers that have done this. They've tried like a couple of sours, and it has turned out okay. Um, the biggest problem is when do you add it in? Because if you add it in too early in the brewing process, it comes out very, very dank, and you get more of that weird sourness that weed has as opposed to what you want, which is more of the sweetness of it. There's a brewery in Atlanta, uh, or outside Atlanta, called Sweetwater Brewery. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, uh-huh. and they have several different pot-themed drinks, including their 420 and then their Super Dank IPA, uh, that I find are actually very drinkable. Mm. Uh, and this is coming from a guy that, that doesn't smoke weed. Like, uh, they're, they're perfectly fine beers in their own right. The biggest thing, Greg, as we're talking about this, is going to be as the science of marijuana is explored more and more with more and more states legalizing it and then being able to do more and more research into the process of it, um, you're going to see people being able to blend things in and blend without actually using the THC or the CBD, get you the flavor and the smell of marijuana into a beer with something called terpenes. Uh, If you guys aren't familiar with it, show on Hulu called Bong Appetit and push past the ridiculous title. There's a ton of great <laughs> weed cooking science in there. And it's funny, like, people laugh at it, but some of the chefs that have been on that show, Kat Cora, Marcel Vergeron, and many others. So it's a really cool look at where marijuana, food, and beverage are going. They even go and make a marijuana-infused kombucha in one episode. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It's an interesting watch. The hosts can be a little bit bro for my taste, but... Uh-huh. It's it's two short seasons, and you can kind of pick and choose which episodes interest you. Mm-hmm. Really interesting one for you guys, if you're more into the CBD aspect, would be the uh, the Mother's Day episode, where they cook a Mother's Day marijuana brunch for their moms, and one of the moms is a nurse and won't have any THC. So 
explain real quick for the people that are uninitiated the difference between THC and CBD. Uh, so the big difference is CBD is the part of the marijuana plant that if you've ever had marijuana before, it's what makes your body feel good. It's what helps your body relax, and it's what relaxes your muscles. The THC, that's what messes with you up there. The THC is the psychoactive portion, and it's the part that makes you feel, well, high. It's the, you know, it's the, uh uh-oh, Scooby, I need some Scooby snacks, okay? The CBD is a lot more of the, oh, man, I can't move off this couch. And for a lot of people, that's really what they're looking for without having their mind messed with to be able to have their muscles relaxed. I've heard of it being used for a lot of different anxieties. I've heard it used for um, if you have uh, like aches and pains in your joints, taking CBD of any kind is actually very, very helpful for a lot of people. Well, the one you'll love, Greg, is uh, CBD is becoming really big for dogs with anxiety. Um, You can Mm -hmm. walk into most head shops and get CBD dog treats to help your dog during thunderstorms. See, now that would be a problem if my dog gave a shit about thunderstorms. He legitimately, he'll just sleep right through every, you know, there's bombs going off outside. He'll probably just sleep right through it. He doesn't really seem to care. That's one tough, tough doggy. Yeah. I love that pooch. I miss him much. Captain Hook is the best. Uh, now, if any brewer can make C- a CBD type beer, I think, honestly, Founders is probably the first logical choice, especially in Michigan. Uh, The second logical choice would, for me at least, be, if it was in Michigan, um, Shorts. Uh, Shorts does so many different types of experimental-type beers, they could probably pull it off. The other one, just off the top of my head, Oddside would be able to do probably a really interesting sour. Um, Uh, Right Brain. CBD sour would be good. Oh, yeah, Right Brain. With that pork beer that they do. I mean, if you can do a pork beer, I feel like you can probably do anything. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Dogfish Head will probably be jumping on this train at some point. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Definitely something to keep an eye out as weed becomes legal in more and more states all across the country. Well, the big thing to watch, Greg, and I'm sorry, I know I'm dwelling on this, but this is something fun for me who's still in Michigan, is with all these breweries wanting to play in the marijuana playground, you also have to see what their counties are voting to see if they'll be Mm -hmm. able to play in that playground. Uh, A lot of counties have already voted no on legal marijuana in their county being sold. And if you can't sell it, you can't buy it. It's interesting. I hope everyone gets to play on the same playing field. I know Grand Rapids and Detroit have a ton of great breweries. And having just been in Detroit recently, there is no shortage of dispensaries there. Yes, (laughs) that makes sense. Uh, Speaking of the breweries all over the country, Kevin, you were saying that there is now a list of the top breweries. Uh, Yeah, so the Brewers Association every year uh, released their top 50 craft brewing companies list. Uh, it came out this past uh, Tuesday, uh, today being St. Patrick's Day, so almost a week ago. Uh, and it shows where everybody ranks in craft brewing by volume. Uh, to, to quote uh, the Brewers Association, although the market has grown more competitors, particularly for regional craft brewer breweries with the uh, widest distribution, the 50 small independent brewing companies continue to lead the craft brewing market in sales through strong brands, quality, and innovation. Uh, that's by uh, Bart Watson, the chief economist uh, at the Brewers Association. Uh, but what is a craft brewery? All right. So the Brewers Association has three main tenets that makes it a craft brewery. It has to be small. Now, the way they define small is annual production of 6 million barrels of beer or less which is approximately about 3% of the U.S. annual sales. Okay. Uh, that, 
Yeah, the beer production is attributed to the brewer according to the rules of uh, alternating proprietary ships. Uh, it also has to be independent. Less than 25% of the craft brewery uh, is owned or controlled uh, by the beverage alcohol industry member that is itself a craft brewer. So you can't have, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch buying up a bunch of craft uh, breweries and still letting them say that we're still a craft brewery, you know. Uh, because they're part, they're owned by by Anhe or InBev essentially, uh, and then uh, the brewer itself uh, has to be in their in their circle uh, that has to be part of the Brewers Association, uh, and they also have to make beer <laughs> as oh, a right. as a result. So I was I was looking at this list and uh, a lot of good breweries on here and a lot of <sighs> do we classify this as a craft brewery? Like, I was looking at, uh, uh, so on the list they have Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams, on there. Sam That's Adams their number two. one of the largest uh, brewers, period, in the United States. Uh, that was one of them. Another one, Sierra Nevada. Uh, does that really count as a craft brewer anymore? Because they are... Uh, because they are as big as they are? Same thing for Yingling. Yeah, and like Yangling, again, another massive brewer. How do you, cla- like, what, the, six million barrel? I, I can almost guarantee you that, that uh, Sam Adams is brewing way more than six million barrels of beer. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems to be kind of a weird distinction because they've got some good ones on there, like our close personal friends, 21st Amendment Brewing. Um, mm-hmm. And Bells is on there. Bells is number eight, if I remember uh, right, which which is, I mean, and we have Bells all over out here. Like when I moved out here, here three years ago, there were no Bells. Mm -hmm. And I went to, and I went to a Packy and I was like, "Uh, you guys got any two hearted? And he's like, yeah, you can't, we can't get two hearted out here yet. And I was like, oh, oh, well. And then like I waited a year and now it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, everybody's getting their over on pint glasses and stuff. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, the whole 6 million barrels, uh, I mean, that is a lot, but like you said, like they said, that is only about 3%. Sam Adams, while we, they have that huge marketing campaign, they have a rather large footprint in a lot of uh, restaurants. I think Applebee's, they have some sort of, you know, as far as a chain restaurant goes, they they're in most Applebee's. I can confirm that having recently been at a bees with our own Ben Raven. I am so sorry on both counts. <laughs> Listen, the boy is so Greenville. You can take him out of Greenville, but he still wants to go to Applebee's every time. Oh, oh my word. God. Every time. Well, well, we'll have to have him on uh, at some point soon. But uh, like what I was trying to hammer, should we be calling these like you pointed out? craft breweries what does a craft brewery mean and i think when we think of craft breweries we think more of about what a microbrewery is mm-hmm. and so i went and i tried to define the terms of microbrewery uh microbrewery was originally used in relation to the size of brewers back in the 1970s but in the 1980s when uh home brewing was legalized uh, it started, uh, you know, getting a bigger expansion in the U.S. And essentially, uh, how you define a microbrew is something that produces less than 15,000 uh, barrels of beer. So, uh, and that's 460,000 gallons mm. of beer annually. Uh, this can cover 
you know, a lot of your little regionals and stuff like that uh, can even cover something like you would call a nano brewery, like your friend brewing in his basement and stuff like that as well. He would still fall under there and it could even cover some of the farm brewers uh, that are out there that, and I don't know if anybody's into farm ales and stuff like that. Uh, the, they typically have less alcohol by volume and they were made to like uh, bat way back in the day to keep the people in the fields, you know, uh, gruntled uh, while, while they were working. <laughs> Uh, 200 points for gruntled. 200 points for gruntled. Well, and the overall product was never, like, it was never meant to be anything good. It was just meant to keep them happy. And it ended up creating a lot of weird and distinct flavors. Uh, And so, I I don't know. I think I'm going to have to, instead of start saying, to stop saying craft beer all the time, just start saying uh, a micro beer or a microbrewery. Because Sam Adams, yeah, they're not. Craft beer so let me let me ask a question here because I, I feel like I, I I kind of understand what you're saying but I want to make sure I'm hearing it right so microbrewers are still making craft beer but not everyone making craft beer is a microbrewer correct yeah because when uh, we think of a microbrewer think... we think of like uh, for us you know in, in West Michigan we'd be thinking of like the mitten or you'd be thinking of you know, even even an odd side or a right brain that distribute a lot locally, and you can find them anywhere around you. But I get into California or Connecticut, and I'm not going to be able mm-hmm. to find these beers. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. One last point: looking at the map mm-hmm. of where all these are located, it is the Northeast, it is the West Coast, and then it is the Upper Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You got a couple in the Chicago land area, but like. There are so many of them in New England and California and Oregon. And I was kind of, kind of surprised the only one that is in uh, the Seattle area. But uh, it's lit, it is kind of a West Coast, East Coast, Third Coast is, is breweries in the U.S. And one of the things, and this is just a, a factoid that I picked up when I was uh, doing some research on this stuff. California actually is, you wouldn't, you would not normally think of west coast as craft beer central but california actually has the most breweries per capita than any other state in the united states well finally a reason to go that visit amazing. you you know i guess i guess you guys are gonna have to come and visit me yeah gosh drew what did you uh what were you uh uh newsing today yeah so i figured i'd, I'd bring a i'd bring a review to the news since you know you've got news from west michigan i figured i'd bring a review uh friday night i got to head out with some friends who are trying to complete their Seder passports if either of you guys remember the Seder craze mm-hmm. uh some folks are still trying to finish those up and one of the stops left was railtown brewing and it was funny because i know railtown it's out in dutton it's by my mom's house and i remembered railtown as this little up-and-coming brewing company that did a a great, I think, collaboration with the Mitten a little while back that I loved. But they were in a strip mall next to one of my favorite pizza places. So we head out there, and they have built a gorgeous new facility right next door to their old location. And they've added a full food menu. And they mm. had a very, very wonderful, and I just wanted to make sure to give them a shout-out for it, an Irish milk stout, which I had not experienced before. Oh, Love milk stouts. Uh, they had another uh, uh, milk stout there, but this was a special St. Patty's Day, the Leprechaun Glue Trap. One, great Ooh. name. Two, spectacular beer. Um, they had a lot of the milkshake-style beers. They had the like the you know raspberry vanilla milkshake stuff, and that was great. 
But it was that Irish milk stout that really stood out that I left thinking about and wanting to go back for a growler of later. And given that they're close to my mom's, they can expect to see me again soon. The menu mm-hmm. looked great as well. We were going for pizza, but the menu looked awesome. <laughs> I often have problems with uh, lactate and and beers. Uh, the the milk stouts are usually pretty safe for me, uh, but if you're adding like God, I had like an evil twin brewing that had uh, like aloe plant and lactate in it, and it just it killed me. Oh yeah, like I. I did not like it at all. Uh, and I, I kind of like that was like two months ago and I haven't had like a milk stout or, or anything since then because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. I'm actually excited to see where uh, more lactate in beer is going to go. You remember in during the interview that we had with Sean O'Sullivan from 21st Amendment, he was talking about putting lactose in that beer and then adding coffee to it to kind of make it like a latte style beer. Uh, now. Coffee goes very well with beer, obviously, and lactose goes very well with beer. So it's just a perfect kind of marriage of uh, these two distinct flavors. That maltiness uh, really, really brings out just something special. And I can't wait to try more stuff like this. Railtown, oh my god, I haven't been there in now years, but wow, they used to be tiny. It was that tiny little strip mall location, and then I remember they added a little bit more, but... Just the fact that they've expanded even further is really cool. Next time I'm out there, I'm definitely going to have to stop by. Oh, yeah, man. My sister lives in Dutton. Uh, hi, Kathy. Uh, so, yeah, next time uh, I'm in Michigan, we'll, we'll, we'll head out there, and I'll, uh, I'll bring my sister along or something. There we go. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with uh, a talk with Drew about his wellness journey. Step into a world of magic, mystery, intrigue, and stupidity. Oh, I knew I should have switched die when I said it. That would be a natural one. I don't think you have anything to carry something so bulky with. I just want to wear it. I want to drag, <laughs> drag behind me for four feet. Sweaty human man pocket. <laughs> Reverse Centaur, a role-playing game podcast. Blending the best and worst of Starfinder and Dungeons and Dragons 5e. Look for it at thecourtofnerds.com and wherever you find your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Food Court of Nerds. Drew, you've gone on a uh, a new quest of late. I like that my D&D guys use the word quest. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Very on brand, boys. Yeah, no, um, so... To tell the whole story, uh, back in September, uh, to be specific, on my 33rd birthday, uh, what I called my platinum birthday, as I was 33 on the 3rd, um, mm. you know, my uh, my dad had a heart attack at my birthday party, and it shook the ever-loving hell out of me. And uh, so I started to look at what I could do to kind of not end up like my father, uh, you know, which has kind of been a lifelong quest, if I'm being honest. Love you, Dad. Um <laughs> They'll laugh at that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of started looking at bariatric surgery, which was something that my brother Devin had done this past summer and that had worked really well for him. And one of our sales reps approached me and said, hey, if you want to do the bariatric thing, you know, uh, Mercy Health is interested. And so I said, wait, so I'm going to lose weight but do it all in front of a camera with people watching me the whole time and talking about it? Yeah, but they'll pay you. Oh, all right, cool. Well, then I'm in. 
you know, it, it was one of those. And you know, and and Greg, you and I work in the same business, man. It's one of those like. I was going to do this anyways, and someone was like, oh, well, if you talk about it, which I was going to do anyways, we'll pay you monies. Oh, all right, well, cool. So the awesome deal that I have with Mercy is that uh, they're actually going to pay for my surgery. So I will not have any out-of-pocket costs to completely turn my life around, and I'm super excited about that. Yeah. But yeah, so I have been on the uh, Get Healthy 1200 program uh, through Mercy Health. Where I'm on a diet where I'm trying to consume between 12 and 1500 calories a day for 12 to 15 weeks leading up to having bariatric surgery. Wow. Okay. So, what was one of the biggest changes in your diet that you've had to make? Oh, man. Um, so, you know, you guys have hung out at my house with me. And one of my favorite things is I love drinks, I love beverages. And the thing you don't think about until someone says, hey, read the label on everything is how many calories are in your favorite beverages. Like mm-hmm. all the things that I loved were the things that were piling up calories. You know, I'm drinking a monster. That's like 700 calories for a full can of monster. It's ridiculous. And, you know, all you have to do is make a simple switch and grab the white can. That's the zero. And it's like, Oh, I went mm-hmm. from 700 calories to zero calories. And I would say even just, you know, looking at what's going into my body was the biggest change uh, was the biggest change was, before I just was like, this looks tasty. I'm going to eat it. You know, you guys have been out to eat with me. It was, this looks like food. I will ingest it. (laughs) And now, now I'm like, okay, but if I combine this and this and it's that many calories and, and I think about anything before I eat it, like I know exactly what I'm putting into my body, which, you know, for 33 years prior was not something I ever thought about. I was a casserole kid growing up, you know, bake it all in a pan at Mm three fifty for two hours. You're good to go. Goulash. <laughs> Goulash, baby. Chicken casserole. Listen, some cream of something, soup, and a noodle, you're good to go. What was the hardest thing to give up? Pizza. Yeah. Ooh. Because I did not trust myself with pizza. Like, I was a dude who would order that, like, Hungry Howie's two mediums for, like, $15, and I would eat both mediums because, oh. yeah, dude, it was not a good situation. Like, we did the math on it, man. I'll tell you guys the truth. Did the math on it with a nutritionist. When I was at my heaviest, I was eating like 3,500 calories a day. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Terrifying stuff. Like scary stuff. Michael Phelps type stuff. Dude, and I am not a swimmer. Let me tell you something, okay? Yeah, like, whoo. So, um, yeah. So, it was uh, it was a while before I would let myself eat pizza again because I didn't think I could sit down and only eat a piece of pizza or two pieces of pizza. And that's kind of been the coolest thing about this whole diet is it's not so much like, oh, you can't eat this. Oh, you can't, you know, like sitting here having a beer with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's about it's about knowing what you're doing and not doing too much of it. You know, it's about I can have pizza, but I can have a slice of pizza and then I'm done, you know. Mm-hmm. So like uh, our, our dear friend Brittany from Grand Rapids Comic Con had her birthday party at Uccello's. Uccello's signature pizza is one of my favorite things on the planet. And so I ordered it and I had a piece and then I put the rest of it away. And I was, Ooh. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. So it's one of those, um, you know, one of the big things I've been learning through all these, cause I'm taking classes too, because they tell you that obesity isn't just a physical thing. It's a mental problem too. It's, it's mm-hmm. changing the way you think, not just the way you act or the way you eat. It's the entire mentality about your weight, you know, and the mentality isn't, well, my body's in control. I do what my body wants. It's no, I'm, I'm in control. I'm, I'm the human here. Not, no, I have the brain. Not the stomach. The stomach's not in charge. 
sometimes the stomach is still in charge, but you know, <laughs> uh, most of the time it's, uh, it's about making sure that I don't have options that will just derail me for days. You know, it's, uh, if I binge now, it's a, it's a bag of like cheddar rice cakes. Like, Oh no, 400 mm. calories. You jerk. Rice cakes. Yeah. Oh God. Rice cakes. Uh, has there been any new addition to your diet that has really surprised you? Like something that you are like, I never would have thought I like this, but I really like it. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are those? What are they? Yeah, dude, these green <laughs> things that aren't marijuana. Um, no, <laughs> uh, no, uh, look, this is, this is one of those things where like, um, I never thought, so for me, a lot of it has been cooking tools, right? So, uh, the things that have been the most helpful to me with making me eat vegetables and be healthier have been an air fryer and an instant pot. That instant pot, man, is so clutch because, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, the wonderful young woman who I'm dating, who is incredible, has shown me like, oh, hey, you can make stuffed peppers in this instant pot super quick and they're delicious. You don't even taste that it's peppers. You just taste the turkey meat that's in there that I cook like taco meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, half of it is just knowing what to put with what and, and you know, learning where to get recipes from. And, and for me, like the air fryer is so great because it's like, oh, you know, I'm hungry. I want a snack. OK, cool. I'm going to crisp up some potatoes real quick. And it's 120 calories and I'm getting some good fiber going, you know, and it's it's about portion control. Like and mm-hmm. John was laughing at me. I bought the smallest air fryer I could so I couldn't cook too much at once. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna buy myself a tiny Instapot when I move too, so that I can make myself like little these little meals. But yeah, but that's thinking, like that's thinking ahead, and it's 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 making sure that you're only fixing yourself to one portion. That's great. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of it that I would tell you know a lot of people have been like asking me like what do you, you know what do you do what do you eat what do you not eat and I was like oh I I basically eat whatever I feel like but I just eat a little bit of it you know. Um, and, and it's been fun now cause it's like, I go out to eat and it's like, man, I'm spending a lot less on dinner. Yeah. No kidding. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been cool. And it's even like, I, you know, I know many calories are in a pour of bourbon. Like I know how many calories are in, you know, like hot sauce has been my best friend. You guys, hot sauce is the best cause oh, God, zero yes. calories in hot sauce. Zero. Really? Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Hmm. Hot sauce and mustard, baby. Mm hmm. You know, All right, then. and that's the, uh, that's the other thing, man, is you don't think about like how many calories are in the stuff you're putting on top of your food, right? Mm-hmm. Think, oh, Caesar salad is healthy. Well, no, you add that Caesar dressing, man, and you're adding double the calories of your salad. Yep. Mm. So like you sub things out. So like I learned how to make Greek yogurt Caesar salad dressing and it's got a ton of protein in it and it's way better for you. And you know, a little squeeze of lime. Good to go. Yeah. That's probably better than hot sauce on your salad. I mean, Depends on what type of salad you're making, you know? And depends on the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, right? If I'm making a chicken and blue cheese salad, I'm going to put some hot sauce on there. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite new recipe now that you're cooking more for yourself? Oh, man. Favorite new recipe cooking for myself uh, right now has to be uh, the girlfriend and I made a shredded beef like mole over rice that was really, really good. Ooh. And I will say, they're not giving me any money yet, but Skinny Taste has been the jam, you guys. It's a website, skinnytaste.com. All the recipes are free. And, like, we had these amazing, like, beef mole rice bowls that were, like, 350 calories for the whole thing. Hmm. And it tasted incredible. So, 
We've had some zucchini boats off that website. I never thought I'd eat a zucchini in my life. Also, I'll admit this to you guys. I had to figure out what the difference is between a zucchini and a cucumber. Didn't know they were different things. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was like like a puma and a cougar. It's just the you know, same thing, different names. Nope, was wrong about that. <laughs> one pickles well, the other one fries well. Yeah, I learned that very, very quickly, mm-hmm. which Amy thought was quite funny. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, and for me, a lot of it has been being willing to try new things because, uh, you know, you guys have been out to eat with me where I'm like, don't put vegetables anywhere near my pizza or, you know, don't do any, you know, the other night I had a, uh, I had a chorizo mushroom and green, no, banana pepper pizza. And it was awesome. Oh God, that sounds great. Listen, Carmelo's, when you go to Railtown, get a pizza to go from Carmelo's and bring it home with you. But yeah, man, it's it been this weird journey. Of, like, I'm, I, I'll tell you guys, I'm down 61 pounds. Oh, wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, it's weird. My clothes don't fit. As you guys can see, like, I got all this, like, taco meat hanging out the top here. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest thing that you're uh, afraid of with this whole new change? Oh man! Um, if you're comfortable, ask. If you're comfortable answering answering that question. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. If I wasn't comfortable, I couldn't be doing this. Like, if if I wasn't comfortable with talking about it and you know with being open about it, I I couldn't have done this to start with. Um, I'm scared about the surgery. I've never had a major surgery in my life. Uh, you know, I'm I'm scared about that. I'm, you know, I'm scared uh, about keeping the weight off. That's the hard part, you know. This you know, losing, it's the fun part, man. Like seeing that number go down, 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 down. That's the fun part. Staying healthy, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. But I have been, you know, I've been really enjoying. And uh, you know, you guys, we we sent you the drop when we met him at uh, at Starcast. Is Ron Funches, the comedian, has been a really fun guy mm-hmm. to follow with all of this for me. And uh, he has a great bit in his most recent stand-up called Giggle Fit where he talks about people coming up to him after he talked about his weight loss. Cause Ron lost, I think 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he talks about it. Uh, his podcast is great. If you guys haven't checked out Ron, he's wonderful. And he talks about people coming up to him going, man, you inspired me. I hope you know how much you did for me. And Ron's response is, well, screw you. I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. And like, he goes, he goes, you weren't there, you know, chewing up gummy bears and spitting them out just cause you wanted to taste the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah in that same thing in in giggle fit there uh he's like all of his friends are like like on one hand congratulating him and it's like great good job but you can just you know have a pizza with us right now right man i mean you're you, you've done good stop you know we like you but we we also like the old you and ron is like well fuck you <laughs> this is me now <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know his. It's. I love that bit because he's like, he's like, some of my friends are okay with secret pizza, but I can't have a secret pizza. <laughs> I can't have secret pizza. Number one rule of secret pizza: <laughs> we take this tombstone to our graves. <laughs> <laughs> Please go watch Giggle Fit if you haven't seen Giggle Fit and you're listening to this. Go and watch Giggle Fit. Buy it from iTunes. It's like three bucks. Ron's hilarious. It. It's free on Amazon Prime right oh, now. So if you have Amazon Prime, watch it there. I'm there. I'm going to watch it. I love Ron Funches. Oh, please enjoy that this afternoon. The wrestling entrance and intro just puts it right over the top. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Ron is one of those guys who's a lot like me, where, like, you, you do worry if your friends are still going to like you when you're not, you know, going out to eat all the time. And, and 
it was tough at first because, you know, it's West Michigan, guys. All we do, we go out to eat. We eat, we drink, we talk. Yeah. yeah. We take 35 minutes to say goodbye to anyone. <laughs> Common problem. Yeah. But it, it's one of those, like, when you have good friends, you know, and, and I'm grateful that I do. And, and you have a good you have a good person who cares about you that's supporting you. It, it makes it easy. You know, when you've got people and Gavin and D and Britt and Logan and Roger, the whole Tardy's crew, Baldo and his beautiful wife, and, you know, you've got good friends who have your back. It makes it a lot easier. You know, and it was funny because when I told you guys about it, the messages that I got back from my court of nerds family was it was it's beautiful, you know, between you guys and my radio family and like my actual like blood family who are OK. Um, it's it's made it so I can do this. And I don't know if I could without people having my back. Like my mom invited Isaac and I to come crash at her house for a weekend while she was out of town. Mostly I think she wanted mm -hmm. us to make sure Brendan, my baby brother, didn't burn the house down. But she stocked her cupboards with healthy snacks and her freezer was full of healthy foods for me. And like that's the support system you want to have. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you guys all know this, but when I told Court of Nerds, you guys all reached out to me individually because you're all such beautiful bastards. And like I love all you. You know, and Grant even admitted Except Grant. Uh, except for no, Grant even admitted. He goes, Buddy, I was I was scared for you at Comic Con. You know, you didn't look like you. You were huffing and puffing and having a hard time. And I was. He wasn't wrong. Like, boys, I was I was four hundred and twenty pounds when I kicked off this whole shebang. And shit was a little scary at points. But like I you know what? I move better now. I wake up in the morning. You know, I got my post step back. My my jump hook is returning. So basketball courts, watch out. <laughs> Gus Macker, I'm coming for you. But it, it's been one of those things that if I didn't have the incredible people that I have in my life backing me up, I couldn't do this. So I love you guys. Well, we oh, love, we you, love too. you too, Drew. And having the uh, having the support system is is it makes all the difference, all the difference in the world. Um. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so happy for you. This is, ah, it's it, it's such. I, I'm I'm proud of you. Like, thanks, guys. You're such a good friend of mine, and I, I just, I'm, I'm very proud of you for for taking this step and taking this, this change. And it really is. It's a lifestyle change. It's more than just counting calories. It's changing your mentality about the food that you're putting in your body, and changing your mentality about the way in which you consume and keep yourself going. Um, that's awesome. I'm, ah, yes. I, I'm, God, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm just getting started, boys. I'm just getting started. I've, I've got a, I got a little bit of wait to go. I can't wait to show you guys when I'm all done. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it. And people can follow your journey on, uh, at ESPN961.com, correct? Yeah. Uh, there's a YouTube channel you can subscribe to if you don't want your sports mixed in with your nerd stuff. Excellent. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk recipes, and then sponsor me, Senpai. This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Welcome back to the Court of Nerds. Kevin, you've been cooking. What you been cooking? Uh, well, it, it is uh, St. Patrick's Day and being a good Irish lad. Uh, I've got, uh, some corned beef, uh, that I am got in the pot right now. And this is a recipe. It's, it's a quick and easy 
recipe that my mom kind of handed down to me. Uh, and I think I'd just share it with you because one, every time I make it for people and stuff, they absolutely love it. Uh, and two, uh, it makes me look like a genius for doing very little work. So, so the first thing that you want to do is you want to, of course, get a good beef brisket. Uh, you can go find your, go to a butcher shop, what have you. Now you could go to Meyer and you could get the little corned beef packets and stuff that you want there. That's fine. Uh, if you're going to do that. But I would just say go find a good brisket from your local butcher shop. All right. Then you take you go home. You take that that brisket. You get some pickling uh, uh, herbs and stuff like that. I like having extra oregano and bay leaves and stuff in there. And then you're going to score uh, both sides of that brisket. Uh, so you got a nice little crisscross. And I say, depending on the thickness of your brisket, go about a half an inch deep. All right. You might want to go an inch if it's really, really thick, but half an inch is usually usually fine. Just, just uh, to see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. Just eyeball it. You're fine. You, you want to get the tip of that finger right on in there because you're going to then start... But just the tip. Just the tip. Because then you're going to start stuffing in those crevices, uh, that pickling uh, with the bay leaves. Uh, then I, t- I tend to take some uh, diced up uh, white pearl onions, uh, a little bit of garlic cloves if you want, and crush them up in there. Uh, and then once you've got all those crevices in, nice and filled, rub it uh, with some uh, seasoning salt. Uh, or if you, if, if you want to do like a, a beef rub uh, or a steak rub, you can. But I think just regular salt's fine. Uh, and then you get, you get a nice little layer all around it. And then you have a skillet and you heat that motherfucker up until it's like the surface of the sun. And you sear it on both sides. Now, most briskets will have a little fatty layer on one side. If you don't like the fat, cut it off before you sear it. I like keeping it on there because I think it kind of brings out much more of the flavors while it's cooking. So after you sear it on both sides, you get yourself a crock pot. Now, everybody has a crock pot somewhere. If you don't have a crock pot, go to your neighbor's house, steal their crock pot. They have two. They don't miss it. We call them crack pots. <laughs> Uh, and you can throw vegetables and stuff in there. I like uh, little Yukon gold potatoes. Uh, and you put them at the bottom of the crock pot. And if you have any, and if you drain the blood from your brisket before, I go ahead and I put it back into the crock pot there. And then I lay the beef brisket over top the potatoes. Uh, or if you have cabbage, you can have some cabbage. And then you pour uh, two cans of Guinness directly onto that meat. You cover it up and you let it sit for eight hours. And then after those eight hours come by, you go in and you kind of, it'll fall to pieces just as you reach in there and you start pulling off those strings. Uh, pull out the potatoes, uh, pull out the cabbage if you like the cabbage, and you got yourself a wonderful, cheap, easy Irish meal. Oh, oh my God. I know that St. Patrick's Day has already passed, but my, my mouth is drooling. Oh my God. So I know that we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Is this something that you are making today for dinner? Please tell me you are. It's in, it's in the pot right now. Ah, of course. Nice. Fantastic. Now it's time for Sponsor Me, Senpai. Dear Founders Brewing Company, you are one of the largest craft brewers in the Midwest. You've brewed some of the best beers in the country, nay, the world. You did the right thing by dropping out of the Grand Rapids Chamber of Commerce when they publicly supported an unpopular gubernatorial candidate in the last election, but unfortunately your public image has still taken a beating of late. I'm not going to get into the specifics of the lawsuit against you, but suffice it to say the allegations are 
very, very harsh. What you need now is a strong, hopped-up marketing genius to head into your next territorial push across the country. And look, since Gary V and Eric Coltrin are both a little bit busy, you might as well go for the number three marketing genius. Okay, uh, maybe not the number three, but we're like number 300. Either way, no one can sell your beer like a team of stout beer lovers can. We may be a bunch of backwoods bastards, but we won't hesitate to waste our wart on brewing specifics. Wheat totally will sing the praises all day of the gospel of KBS, or its better half, CBS. Rubay us a chance, and we'll guarantee one can of your beers will be at everyone's next centennial celebration. So don't be a curmudgeon. Founders Brewing Company, sponsor me, senpai. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Food Court of Nerds. Uh, I'm West Coast Avenger Greg. Thank you so much to Drew uh, for sharing his wellness journey with us. That is so incredible. We wish him all of the love and support in the world. Send him all of the positive vibes you can. Kevin, do you have anything to push today? Uh, I am going to be uh, selfish and push the review of the new Toe Jam and Earl game back in the groove uh, that I posted uh, very recently on the courtofnerds.com. And I am going to throw out, uh, you should look forward to seeing a review of Crackdown 3, because when I say it out loud, that means I'm going to have to write it. <laughs> All of that information can be found at thecourtofnerds.com. And look, if you like this podcast, if you like Reverse Centaur, if you like the Sledge and Hammer cast, if you like the main Court of Nerd ca Nerds cast and or That's So Braven, make sure you go to thecourtofnerds.com. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, be it iTunes, Stritcher, Podbean. Give us a subscribe. Maybe give us a, uh, a nice, helpful review. It'll definitely help us with the ratings. I'm West Coast Avenger Greg saying stay hungry. Hey.